Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I said the other week that perhaps uh, Germany particularly is the canary in the proverbial coal mine as far as energy is concerned. And then we found out that uh, Germany, in fact, 29 percent, coal accounted for 29 percent of Germany's electricity. So they have some real issues. They're closing down their nuclear plants, but they're still importing gas and oil from Russia. So is Russia really being punished as it destroys Ukraine? And uh, to talk to us about that is our good friend, Professor Thierry Bro, professor at Sciences Po in Paris, leading expert on markets, geopolitics of oil and gas, and energy security. He's an oil and gas expert at the French industry, or was at the French energy ministry in charge of energy and supply. Thierry, thank you very, very much for the time. I, I think I was initially I was surprised that here's Germany. They're buying more, uh, spending more money on their defense systems. They're sending weapons to Ukraine. But at the same time, they're still buying oil and gas from Russia. And uh, as you pointed out in an email to me, they increased their supply, their contractual supply from Russia just before the invasion of Ukraine. What are they doing? Well, hi, Roy. I mean, the line is not very good, but yes, you're right. I mean, we've increased massively uh, our Russian imports of gas by by nearly 40% between before the war and after the war. Uh, and as you rightly stated, I mean, uh, the Germans want to close their nukes uh, in, in their own country in the middle of a completely uh, very severe energy crisis in Europe. Uh, perhaps one one extra data, which is, I think is important, is the fact that it emerged that Germany is also getting a huge discount on its Russian gas. So in fact, the the Germans are paying something like 50% discount on the Russian gas. And this is perhaps, this explains perhaps why the uh, Germans are not very much in favor of putting an embargo on the Russian oil and gas uh, into Europe. So the Germans essentially are underwriting, certainly to a certain extent, underwriting the Russian assault on Ukraine by buying their gas and oil, even though they're getting at a discount, they're still spending a lot of money because they're importing some a lot of it every each and every day. Yes, I mean we can ex- estimate that we Europeans are paying something like four hundred uh, million uh, dollars just for the uh, gas bill, and something like a billion dollar per day to uh, Russia for our energy bill. And as you rightly stated, I mean, the Germans have been delaying even the coal embargo. It's not going to kick in before August. So when you talk about embargo, and you just mentioned a European embargo on Russian uh, gas and Russian energy, has there been a vote on that yet or is that yet to come? 
No, no, this is still in negotiation. I mean, we've managed to have an embargo on coal to kicking in August, but on oil and gas, the, uh, the, uh, the Germans are very, very uh, against it. And uh, you can understand because they are getting a huge discount on, on gas prices. Uh, the Germans are saying uh, it will entail a recession in, in Germany. But the, at the end of the day, I mean, we have to compare and we have to put ourselves on the moral ground. I mean, can we entail a little bit of a recession in Europe when on the other side of the border in Ukraine, people are dying for democracy? Yeah, and just dying because they're being murdered. Um, what about the rest of Europe? How How's the rest of Europe reacting and responding to the fact that the Germans continue to have this massive deal with Putin? Well, I think it's putting stress, and I've st stated this often, and I think it's putting more and more stress on uh, the European Union. I mean, you're seeing the Baltic state, the uh, Poland, I mean, turning more to the UK. I mean, Boris Johnson went into Kiev uh, or uh, to the US instead of turning to uh, Brussels or Berlin. And I think this will get more and more uh, problematic when we are going in the coming months. Unfortunately, we also... Unfortunately, we also had uh, a presidential election in France, which means that the French cannot really have uh, a very tough policy in the coming uh, weeks. Yeah. How's that uh, election coming in, in your country, in France? Well, I mean, we now have two options. Uh, it, it's going to be a close race. And uh, uh, again, uh, after the election, we will have some legislative elections, which means in the next month, France is going to be out of the uh, geopolitical scene because we have to uh, put new people on uh, the political level. Yeah. So back to back to Germany for a moment. And I'm very interested in what's happening in Europe as far as energy is concerned, because there is a connection to what's going on in this country, because Europe was self-sufficient for so many years and has become more and more dependent on uh, on Russia, particularly Germany, because they opted for renewables that haven't turned out to be what they expected they would be. So do we now have a situation where Germany seems to prefer Russian oil and gas to their own nuclear power because they have perfectly functioning nuclear power plants, but they're closing them all down. Yes, and this is what's insane about this energy crisis. I mean, nuclear has always been an issue in Germany. Remember in 2011, I mean, Angela Merkel, then Chancellor, closed down some nukes to be re-elected, and we still continue to go through this path, and they want at the end of this year to close the remaining nuke, and they are against an embargo on Russian oil and gas, which is absolutely insane. So, so what's the uh, what's the longer term outlook then, Terry? If uh, you look at the countries in the European Union and those that aren't, but um, or certainly not members of NATO, but what's the longer term outlook as far as energy? I won't even say self sufficiency, but sufficiency in energy is concerned for European nations. What's it going to be like for the rest of the year? Is there any way to accurately project that? Well, I think we need to go back to our lives. I mean, the Canadians, the US, the Norwegian, and tell them that we are in a dire situation and we need more energy and this needs to be more oil and gas for the moment. Uh, and what I mean for the moment, it means for the decade or, 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 or a bit 20 next years. And this energy, this oil and gas will after be used by Asia. So it is a sound investment to make in the US, in Canada, in Norway. So that's the first element. And the second element, we 
need to continue to uh, put more renewable, but it's intermittent. And the third element, we need, as the French, uh, what Emmanuel Macron has proposed and what the Marine Le Pen has also proposed, we need to build more nuke because we need to have more uh, base load electricity coming from nuke in the coming years. But this will take decades. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.